I realize artists don't like it when I interpret songs for them, but um, I'm not sure that's how Tom Petty intended that song to be uh, 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 used. I won't back down, but it's a great illustration. I won't back down. When you talk, talk about perseverance, and you talk about hanging in there, backing down to a situation, a predicament that you really need some, uh, that you really need to persevere through. So, as we think about that, we think about this whole term of perseverance, and, and, and I'll tell you, it's... Um, you talk about irony, and you're going to hear irony here in a moment, because um, I'm, going to, I'm going to give you this story, first of all, of this great athlete from the 1930s. You know, it's a little uncomfortable this morning in the 930 service, because I'm going to, in just a minute, tell you about some tragedy that happened because of a fire. Uh, and, and, and you're like, you know, we had this this uh, fire alarm go off this morning and had to evacuate and everything. And, and, uh, and I'm like, if I could have changed this, I would have, because this is kind of a, a, a tough story. But um, so in light of that fact, I say that just so in case anybody starts thinking along those lines, there's, there's, there's more here. So don't tune me out once we get into that, all right? I want to tell you about, uh, about this, this whole thing of perseverance. I want to begin by using the story uh, from uh, what I call the world-class runner who couldn't walk overcoming impossible odds. His name is Glenn Cunningham. A great influence upon me. And I didn't live in the 30s, obviously, in spite of popular opinion around here. But um, um, I read his story as a young man, and I remember I, I used to and still love to read biographies. And uh, probably has something to do with my personality or something. But uh, I remember reading his story and just being really moved and inspired by his story. And uh, when I started putting this series together, this is one of the, you know, I put my themes together first, and I thought, what, what athlete, or what, what event, or what game, or because, uh, you know, sports, that I could illustrate this whole thing of perseverance. This was the first guy that came to my mind, for me. There's many other, many other illustrations. But this is the first guy that came to my mind. His name is Glenn Cunningham. He lived from 1909 to 1988, um, from, uh, from the middle of Kansas, Elkhart, Kansas. Well, he was eight years old, 1918. He and his brother had the responsibility every day to go down during the school year to go to their one-room schoolhouse and start the potbelly stove to warm up the schoolhouse before the students would get there. On this particular day, as an eight-year-old, he was starting the fire. A tragedy struck. Uh, we don't know exactly. There were many different accounts as to what happened. Uh, somehow kerosene and gasoline got mixed up. But, but whatever did happen, there was an explosion, and um, it just en- engulfed the whole building, killing Glenn's brother, uh, burning him. And when the people got there, they, were, they, had, to, they had to literally pull him out of the, of the burning fire. Um, so they took him to the hospital, nearby county hospital. As I said, his brother died in that fire. Uh, from his bed, now this is... Keep in mind, this is 1918, but still, it's almost inexcusable, I think, for some of these things to have been heard by him. But I'm going to read from some of the, a couple of the different sources that I've read. Now, all those will be posted for you on uh, my notes, which are posted every Monday morning at 9 o'clock on our website, uh, renaissancechurch.org. Um, but from his bed, the dreadfully burned, semi-conscious little eight-year-old faintly heard the doctor talking to his mother. The doctor told his mother that her son would surely die, which was for the best, in the doctor's words, really, because the terrible fire had devastated the lower half of his body. Um, you know, I don't 
not a doctor, but I don't think you should ever say to a mother, it's for the best that your child die. But anyway, he did. Somehow, to the amazement of the physician, all medical personnel, the young boy did survive. Uh, when the mortal danger was passed, he again heard the doctor and his mother speaking quietly. The mother was told that since the fire had destroyed so much flesh in the lower part of his body, it would almost be better if he had died, since he was doomed to a lifetime of being crippled with no use at all of his lower limbs. Um, Glenn Cunningham would later say that he made up his mind at that point that he would not be a cripple. He would walk again. Um, ultimately, he was released from the hospital. Every day, his mother would massage his, le- his legs. There was no feeling. There was no control. There was nothing. Yet he remained determined, and he, he, he was determined to persevere, and he was determined that he would walk again. When he wasn't in bed, he was confined to a wheelchair. One sunny day, his mother wheeled him out into the yard to get some fresh air. That day, instead of sitting there, he threw himself from the chair, pulled himself across the grass, dragging his legs behind him. He worked his way to a white picket fence, bordering their lot. Uh, And with great effort, he raised himself up on the fence. Then, stake by stake, he began dragging himself along the fence, resolved that he would walk. He started to do this every day, until he wore a smooth path around the yard beside the fence because there was nothing more than he wanted to do but to develop life in his legs. So doing every, this, is less, this is less than a year after, he's, after the fire. Doing this every day. Um, of course, you know, this is really before any sophistication in the, in the area of physical therapy and, and many other things that we would take for granted today. 19, 1918, you know, keep that in mind. Slowly he began to walk. He says later on, he endured the incredible pain, the horrible scars, the month to month, but he exercised until he could stand on his own. After nearly a year of exercise, he learned to walk again. Much later, in his words, by the grace of God, I was beginning to learn to run again. In fact, he later on said that he, it was weird, it was a weird dynamic because it actually was less painful for him to run than it was for him to walk. And so he would start running. Then something significant happened as a 12-year-old. So we're, we're talking, what, four years, okay? Four years after the fire, he's walking, but something significant happens. He's back at school, and uh, they, some of the boys, as boys and girls do, started having running races, and he won just among the school classmates. He won a, he won a race, a running race. Later on as an adult, he would say, I've run in some big races, including the Olympics, but that race proved more important to me than any other at the age of 12. Because that's what inspired, that's what said, you can do this thing. Um, the rest of the story is, is, is history. Maybe you know, maybe you don't know. Uh, he was, he, through his four years at the University of Kansas, later on grad school at NYU, he'd become a nationally known celebrity. He was known as the Kansas Flyer. He was, I mean, he, he had, he, his fame was of rock star proportions. I mean, it was just amazing. It was just how people knew him. You know, at that particular time, you had baseball and, and running, you know, track. And it was before football, it was before basketball, and he was just really had rock star fame. In fact, what happened, this happened in New York, actually, at the Garden. Um, he was known because he wouldn't, keep in mind, we're talking in the, uh, in the 20s and 30s, smoking in our country was, you know, not everybody, but most people smoked. And yet he made a big deal of the fact that he wouldn't smoke, he wouldn't drink, and he wouldn't take, drink caffeine because he was just kind of ahead of his time in terms of the health nut, in terms of not smoking and drinking, but caffeine and all the other stuff. Um, 
And when he would run, in the, even, even in New York, when he would run in a race in an inside track meet, uh, people would put out their cigarettes because he was running. I mean, he had that kind of, a, of an effect upon people. So he was just, it was just an amazing thing. Um, and in, now, in 1934, he set the world record in the mile. Uh, 1933, he received the Sullivan Award, nation's top amateur athlete. Uh, in... Um, Ran the 1,500 meters, that's the, the, the meter equivalent to the mile, in 1932 in the 1936 Olympics, placing fourth and second. And he was named, in 1978, he was named the outstanding tack, track performer uh, for the first 100 years of Madison Square Garden. So, I mean, this is this all the way from an eight-year-old who couldn't walk, and I thought he was going to die. I just, it's just an incredible story of perseverance. Um, and it's one that I think of, and I think of perseverance, and, and, and quite, a, quite a guy. So I want you to think about that, and I want you to listen to this from an Italian poet. I'm not going to even try to pronounce his name, but you'll see it. You must read, you must persevere, you must sit up nights, you must inquire and exert the utmost power of your mind. If one way does not lead to the desired meaning, take another. If obstacles arise, then still another. Until if your strength holds out, you will find that clear which at first looked dark. I love that. I think that's so good. And there's just something attractive, isn't there? There's just something appealing in any walk of life, wherever you are, even if a person's not necessarily a quote-unquote person of faith, there's something attractive and appealing about a person who has perseverance. And it's just, it's a, it's a quality that is admired, sort of, it's classless, it's, it's, it's sexless, it doesn't matter what class, what's, it's, it's, an, it's, it's an attractive quality. And, and what, I want, what I want you to see is that it's an, a, a, it can be, it can be, an acquired quality. Hang on to that thought. Scottish politician Eliot said this, perseverance is not a long race, it's many short races one after another. If we were to do a, a, a definition, if we were to do a definition of it, um, according to Merriam-Webster Online Dictionary, the etymology comes from Middle English. Um, it's uh, from the Anglo-French word persevere, from the Latin persevere, which means from per, which is through, and severus, which is severe, so it means to persist through, to, to get through something that's, that's severe. In other words, the, the definition is to persist in a state, enterprise, or undertaking in spite of counter-influences, opposition, or discouragement. It's to, it's, it's to persevere through that. All of us, all of us have a need for perseverance in our lives, sometimes more than others. Now, I've got to stop, I've got to do a disclaimer, Okay. I've got to do a, what I call a word of caution. I call it a disclaimer. And I just want to throw this in just very quickly so you understand so we have some clarity here. This doesn't mean, this doesn't mean that there's not, there, there aren't times when you need to walk away from something. It doesn't mean there aren't times like that. Um, there's a fine line between, between persevering and being just a hard-headed, stubborn jackass. You know? Sorry. That's the only way I could say it descriptively. One of my censors told me I shouldn't say that. But, you know, you, you don't get the same effect with being a hard-headed, stubborn person. I mean, that, that, what does that mean? You know, you, you catch my drift, right? So, I mean, there's a fine line there. There's a fine line there. Um, 
And you know, that's where it really takes maybe some close friends, maybe some, maybe a counselor or two, or maybe a, a good pastor, if you have one. Um, if, I mean, you know, <laughs> they're hard to find, I hear. But, uh, uh, or, or just a, a, a good discerning spirit to help you figure out some of those things. There is a fine line there. I'm going to persevere, I'm going to be, or am I just being a stubborn SOB, you know? And we don't want, none of us want, want the negative side of that, all of us want the positive side of that. And you've got to think through that. You really do. You have to think through that. Um, and here's the big question, really. And I've already sort of answered this, so you, you know what's coming. But the, the real question is, are you born with it, or do you, is this something you can really acquire? Because let's face it, we all know this. We all know people who have those qualities, just their core part of them. They're just really strong, persevering type of people. And we also know there are some people who are not that strong and that persevering. You know, there are some people who aren't always the kind when, you know, the old, again, athletic saying, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. Some people don't fit that description, okay? So can I? Can I acquire it? Got good news for you today. I believe you can. But, I, but I, not in the way that you might think. Right, and that's what I want to talk to you about. Um, true perseverance. True perseverance is something much deeper than a personality trait or something taught to you by your parents or by a teacher or by a coach or by someone else. True perseverance goes much deeper than that. They may have helped, and I'm not being critical of that. You should, I believe you should teach that. I believe we should teach that to our kids and, and those of us who are teachers or coaches or, or, or have you know, men, we're mentors or whatever. We need to teach that in every walk of life. But true perseverance goes deeper. Um, and, and here's where I want to go with this. For the person who has an understanding, even a little bit of an understanding, as to who God is, or has some kind of a relationship with God, their Creator, for that person, wherever you are on that, that journey of faith, for them, perseverance can be, and listen carefully to me, and should be a byproduct of an understanding of who your God is. Let me show you what I mean by that. I want to take you to a passage in the Bible, in the Old Testament, that is just great. I mean, this is just great. I love I read this. I read this a lot, actually. Um, sometimes I need it really, really badly. Or to be reminded of it. This is, this is Isaiah. Isaiah here is writing God in, 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 in the way that only Old Testament prophets could do this, I believe. If you want to get into theology... Um, which we won't right now, but only Old Testament prophets could really do this, where they could come in and say the, the prophet means to, to not foretell, it's, it's forthtell, F-O-R-T-H, forthtell. And these Old Testament prophets had a special thing. They really they had a special thing with God. I don't mean that, that they were all godly because God knows they weren't. They all had some down moments too. But they had this special thing that God could speak through them when they were, in, in terms of, and that's what we have many, it, that's what we have in the Old Testament. In, in many parts of the Old Testament, some of it's not all. It's not all Old Testament prophets. Some of it's just history books and so forth. But but these prophetic, I mean, it's, but it's also history that I believe is is put there for us uh, by God's authority. But this is this is Isaiah talking and God talking through Isaiah. So watch what happens here. To whom then will you liken me, that I would be his equal? Says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high. See who has created these stars. The one who leads forth their host by number, he calls them all by name. Because of the greatness of his might and the strength of his power, not one of them is missing. Not one star is missing. 
Why do you say, O Jacob? That's a synonym for Israel. Why do you say, O Jacob, and assert, O Israel? That's the people of God in the Old Testament. Why do you say, My way is hidden from the Lord, and the justice do me escapes the notice of my God? Do you not know? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the Creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired. His understanding is inscrutable. He gives strength to the weary, and to him, and to him who lacks might, he increases power. Though youths grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait... I hate that word. Yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and they will not become weary. This is God talking about who He is and those who plug into Him, who have a relationship with Him. And that word, and we've got it kind of emphasized there for you, that word wait, that's a tough word, isn't it? You know, that's a t- those who wait for the Lord. I don't like waiting. You like waiting? Anybody here like waiting? No, don't raise your hand. Um, I don't know, maybe it was the army. I don't know. They just, just, you just used to line up for no reason, you know, in the army. You just, you know, just wait for no reason. You know, you just wait. Now, this was, that was a long time ago, and that was back before the new modern army when it's gotten much more refined I, I, from what I hear and so forth. But, I mean, you know, they just go wait in line over there. What for? Just go wait in line over there. Now, maybe that impacted me. I don't know. Maybe it was being raised in an agricultural area where they would plant seeds and you'd have to wait for something to grow. You know, and that old thing, you know, used to sit around and watching the corn grow. We did that, you know. We did that. <laughs> maybe, I don't know what it is. I get so impatient anymore. It's just crazy. I went to get somebody the other day at the, uh, the, from the office. There's a shop right. Um, I call it shop wrong. And, and I go in there and to get some, 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 just some chips and, you know, nothing major. You know, there was a whole line. I wouldn't put him back and left. I said, oh, heck with it. I'm not going to wait in line. I don't like waiting. So what is this talking about here? Most of us don't, if we're honest about it. We do. We get used to it. Most of us don't. So what's he talking about here? Wait for the Lord. What does that mean? So I, really, I, had, to, I had to really do some exegesis and some, and some, some, some insights into some of that. And, you know, I pull out the old Hebrew, which is, is tough for me. And... Um, and, uh, and really, it's an interesting word, and it's translated different ways, different places uh, in, in the Old Testament. It's translated, trust in. You know, to trust in, have faith in. You know, and that's, that, that's, a, that's a little of a different deal. So what he's saying is, yet those who trust in, who wait for God's power, who trust in God's power, that person then will gain new strength. So is there an element of waiting there? It might be. But it's also a matter of what your focus is upon. And that's really more important. Because when you're focused upon God and not so much all the other stuff that might be going on around you. And that's an important issue. So what he's telling us is this. If we're a person, and I'm going to just use that phrase just for a moment. If we're a person in some form of faith, I don't know, you know as I say this all the time, we're all in different places on this. Some of us have been, you know, we've, we've been trusting Christ and, and, and seek to have a relationship with God and have that take over our life for a long time. For me, it's been a lot of years. For some, it's, it's, it's a real new thing. And, and we've got, we got the whole spectrum in here. And that's really, I think, the way church should be, actually. Um, and, and so wherever you are on this thing, what you need to understand is 
this perseverance will be a byproduct of one's core being when they understand who God is. And the problem for me and for you is not to sit around and always count our obstacles. We, we should, you know, if we're doing a strategic meeting, we should do that and, and a whole bunch of other stuff. But the real issue when it comes down to, to who we are and what we're dealing with, when we're dealing with some, some of those heart, H-E-A-R-T, heart issues of life, is where is our focus? And it needs to be in one place. And that's God. And that's what he's saying here. You know, because God will give us that strength. God will give us a persevering type of attitude that will be the positive side, not the stubborn, obstinate side. All right, so let's do this. Let's do this again, all right? Let's go over this passage one more time. Right, I'm going to do it. I, I like doing that. I'm going to give it to the same verses. We're going to do it again. We're going to do it in the... This, this was the New American Standard, which is a really good Bible if you want a word-for-word translation. Now we're going to do a paraphrase, and you're going to follow along with me up here. It's the message. I use it frequently. It's a, more of a modern paraphrase, just written in the last, last five or eight years. And just watch this. This, this is good stuff. Here. Watch this. So who's like me? Who holds a candle to me, the Holy One? says the Holy One. Look at the night skies. Who do you think made all this? Who marches this army of stars out each night, counts them off, calls each by name, so magnificent, so powerful, and never overlooks a single one? Why would you ever complain, Rich, or whine, Renaissance? Oh, no. Why would you ever complain, O Jacob, or whine, Church, Israel? Why would you ever complain or whine? God has... God has lost track of me? Saying God has lost track of me? He doesn't care what happens to me? Why would you ever think that? Don't you know anything? (laughs) I love this. Don't you know anything? Haven't you been listening? God doesn't come and go. God lasts. He's creator of all you can see or imagine. He doesn't get tired out, doesn't pause to catch his breath, and he knows everything inside and out. He energizes those who get tired. He gives, gives fresh strength to dropouts. For even young people tire and drop out. Young folk in their prime stumble and fall. But those who wait upon God, trust in God, have confidence in God, get fresh strength. They spread their wings and soar like eagles. They run and don't get tired. They walk and they don't lag behind. Isn't that great? Perseverance is a byproduct of a better understanding of God. Listen to me. I say, this, I say this not enough, but I say it some. Our view of God affects how we live. Our view of God affects how we live. Some of us have had to overcome bad teaching, bad examples, which is teaching too of who God is and what God is. And, 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 we, and some of us are in recovery for some of that. But the truth is, that I need to understand who God is because that's going to affect how I live my life. This is a classic example of that when it comes to perseverance. Don't miss that. It's the firm trust, that weight, that firm trust. It may be an hour, it may be a decade. It's a process. It's not how strong I am. It's where my hope and my trust are grounded. I'm going to read one last couple of verses to you, and then we'll, then we'll stop. But I just, this, this just says it all. Because this, our, life, our life is, I can't say that, our life is affected 
by what we believe. Our view of God affects how we live. Watch this from Jeremiah chapter 9. Thus says the Lord, Let not a wise man boast of his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast of his might. Let not a rich man boast of his riches. But let him who boasts boast of this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who exercises loving kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth, for I delight in these things, declares the Lord. Let's pray together. Lord God, we are so grateful as we stop and we think and we reflect and we meditate on these verses. We're thankful for your grace. We're thankful for your love. We're thankful for your forgiveness. And God, we're thankful for the power and strength that you give us to persevere when things are tough. When we look around us and see all kinds of stuff going on, that you can give us the perseverance, the strength that we need because we have a proper understanding of who our God is. And we thank you for Jesus because he has made it possible. Jesus has made it possible to have a relationship with our God. And we thank you that Jesus came and lived and suffered and died and and rose again because what Jesus is about is now and living now as well as eternity. So God, we thank you for that and we thank you for that we can stop and reflect and meditate on this. And I pray for each person here. I just pray, God, that you'd work and speak in their heart and and, and in that that small, still, small voice that you speak to us through and that we think through some of these things, maybe even pray about some of these things as 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 we just reflect upon them. We thank you for that, and we thank you for our time now. And we give, uh, we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.